Welcome to Founding Impact, where we talk about impact startup ecosystem in Europe. I'm Maciej Gałkiewicz. And I'm Kasia Zalewska. We are Impact Angel Investors from Ragnarsson. Hello guys, welcome back to Founding Impact. Today we have a very special guest, uh, Maciej, usually my co-host today, guest. And we're going to talk about transparency. Hello Maciej, welcome to Founding Impact. Hello Kasia, thank you so much for having me on my own show. <laughs> <laughs> It's always a pleasure. Uh, tell me, nervous being the, on the other side of the microphone? Um, I didn't think I was nervous, but you told me before the recording that I didn't look very good. So I'm, I'm not sure. I'm a bit puzzled here, but let's see how, what happens. <laughs> no worries, I will go easy on you. Um, today's topic, transparency, it's uh, something that is very important at Ragnarsson. Uh, it's a part of our culture, um, implemented a couple of years ago. Uh, and we tend to get the questions about how we did it, uh, how does it work for us, uh, and even most recently, uh, one of our uh, companies that we support as investors, a company called Global Changer, hey guys, uh, asked Maciej to join the workshops they had uh, about the company culture they want to, to build around uh, for themselves, and uh, he told the story of transparency, and it actually inspired me to invite you to be a guest on our show and I'm gonna now um, ask all the questions that the Global Changer asked you uh, to get the essence about what's the transparency and how does it work for Ragnarsson. I'm happy to provide you with all the answers. <laughs> so question number one, uh, the simplest one, what does the transparency actually mean at Ragnarsson? I wouldn't call it the, the simplest <laughs> one, but um, let me maybe give you a very bold uh, example that I usually uh, explain to people when I speak with them about our transparency. People actually set their own salaries at Ragnarsson. Now there is a pause just to, to make it even more bold. And obviously it's a bit of controversial topic and people always ask me, okay, what's the catch? But before I go into catches and if there is any Uh, I would like to emphasize two things. The first one is that in order to have such a process in place, you need to have a very high degree of financial awareness among the team, I would say. Uh, so people basically need to know what's, what's kind of feasible, what makes sense, what other people or what kind of money other people are making. Is the company profitable? What kind of revenue expenses do we have? Like all things that, that you can imagine, because if, 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 you don't, if they don't have access to that information, it's simply for them a difficult task to do. Like, well, what, what's fair? What should I be setting? I mean, I can have some indication from the, from the broader market, but I mean, I wouldn't have any clue like how, what's the dynamic in, in the team if, if there was no access to this kind of information. So this is like one prerequisite to, to make such a process in, in place. The other one is more about the control. Uh, the control of, of founders, CEOs, like whatever the management is, to actually let people do it. It might sound <laughs> a bit, it might it sounds simple, but like in my position at the very beginning, I was a bit afraid, like, well, if we just let them do it, what, what's going to happen? So there needs to be confidence in the people and in the system that, that you created. And you need to live with those decisions. <laughs> Uh, even though sometimes it's not like the, the perfect solution to all the problems that you have. So having those two things, I, I strongly believe it's like it's the, 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 the most important prerequisite 
And then um, since the process in itself, I think it's important to explain it a bit better just to, to give you like a, like a good understanding of what it means in practice. Yep. Before you go there, to, to sum, sum it up shortly, yep. so first of all, the full transparency of all the financials in the company, which basically means everyone knows about everything that is happening in the company, yeah, including of, yeah. salaries of my colleagues. Quite useful, quite, in, quite interesting thing. And the second one is uh, willingness to give away the control over it. Yeah, from, to, to distribute from power to the team, I would say. Yeah, yeah. okay, cool. So now going a bit into the process, just to give you like a very tangible example of how it looks like. So we usually do it um, twice a year. Uh, we have this in-person workshop uh, as long as there is no pandemic, obviously. And uh, we spend one day to exchange feedback. We sit in groups of like four or five people. And over the course of the day, I would be participating in, in let's say, five groups. And once you're in a group, uh, you basically sit down with your peers and you exchange feedback. So I would sit down and say, listen, guys, over the last six months, I, um, I did a very good progress when it comes to my technical skills. And I and now I'm much more savvy in framework A, B or C. And also my soft skills improved. And now I can I handle the, like, the conversation with, with, with our clients to some extent. And then I manage the project, you know, all those examples that what I what I what I'm doing better now than what I, what it used to be uh, six months ago. And then my peers would say, well, I agree about your technical skills. I can really see it like I've, I've seen your code and so on. Uh, but, you know, those this handling the client thing, it's not really there yet. Um, there was those problems that we had and blah, blah, blah. So uh, I gathered this kind of feedback from the team in all sorts of groups, like up to five. And then at the very end of the day, I simply decide on my own what's going to be my new salary. So I can take into account this feedback or I can just reject it or be picky about what I like and <laughs> what I don't like. And then at the very end of the day, we have this big screen on which there is a spreadsheet with all of our salaries and basically everyone says what's the new one. And I so usually run this process, I open up the, the spreadsheet, I just ask every person, we are still around like 50, 45 people, so it's still feasible to do it with the entire company in one room. Um, yeah, and then when everyone says, I just say, okay, and that's it. That's the whole, of, that's the whole story. <laughs> so well, there, is no, there is no catch, uh, but obviously yeah, there is... It sounds simple, but in practice, it's a little slightly more complicated, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Just a little. Uh, so maybe like getting back to your question, like what's the what it means, uh, what transparency means to us. This is like a, an example of a very very specific process that we have. And in, in a broader context, I would say um, we believe that sharing all sorts of information, including the financial ones, with our team is going to make the team better because every individual will have a better understanding of different things, of the of the broader context around them. And, you know, since people would have more knowledge about how things work, um, on average, they would be making better decisions and better decisions would also mean better execution at the end of the day. So this is like the biggest assumption behind uh, this, uh, this kind of culture, I would say. Yeah, I'm tempted to ask now if it's working in practice, but uh, before we jump to that, uh, maybe let's um, look uh, at, the at, the, at the past a little bit and uh, where actually the idea of implementing transparency came from because uh, a couple of years ago in Poland I can strongly believe no one ever heard about it and there's like maybe 
few like you know counted on one hand uh, companies that actually had this uh, this model implemented where this idea come from in a polish software agency quite traditional type of a business company came from uh, I believe there are probably at least two types of situations when it makes sense. Uh, the first one is at the beginning when there is no legacy and you can do whatever you think it's it's nice. Uh, and the other types of uh, the other type of of the situation uh, of the situations is like when when you're in a crisis, and that was exactly our case. We were in a crisis. Uh, it was um, end of 2016, beginning of 2017. One of the biggest one that we ever had. Uh, as an agency, usually run projects, maybe just I need to briefly explain like our business model. So back then there was no investment part in, in, in what we were doing. There was purely working with startups, uh, helping them with developing all sorts of software as a service solutions, online marketplaces. So we provided the technical team and knowledge to make sure that such projects, such products um, uh, can be built together with our clients. Um, and as you can imagine, uh, there is always a problem of uh, supply and demand and balancing the, the both, uh, balancing both. So well, at some point we have two big clients responsible for like almost half of our revenue. And at the same time, they decided that it's, it's the end of their projects uh, out of nowhere. Um, there was absolutely uh, out of our control. And this is what uh, created this crisis. And um, it was so severe for us that we actually had to lay off some people. The team was really uh, disappointed by the situation. It was really tough. I must say that that was the most stressful period of my life. And um, what we realized in this crisis is that um, our previous assumptions about the structure of the company were wrong. Meaning at the very beginning we thought, okay, developers are um, have very specific skills that could be basically used to, to develop more code and to focus on building products. And everything else should be covered by some sort of like a core team, management team, like things from recruitment to perform performance review, um, you know, all sorts of things. So they shouldn't be bothered. They should be just focusing on, on our projects, on our clients and developing their products. And everything else should be covered by, by someone else. Now the problem is obviously it creates overhead and increases your costs and introduces all sorts of inefficiencies as well. And we realized in this crisis that if we don't engage developers to a larger extent, it's going to be very difficult for us to, to build this, this, this core team and basically meet the expectations of our clients and of also of developers just to you know, cover everything that they would like to, to have covered. So the idea was that what if we engage developers more and gave them more responsibilities? And a good example at, at this particular stage was, what, was the performance review process. What if they would be deciding on their own instead of having like a committee of, of people and saying, okay, you're good enough to be senior, you're not so much, and then mm -hmm. your salary should be like this and that. How did they react at first? Yeah, I remember this moment. <laughs> Uh, when you're in a crisis, you laid out, you laid off some people, and um, the team is demotivated, and you're not sure what what's next. Uh, the nice thing about it, those kind of situations, I mean, at least that this is what happened in our case, is that everyone wants to help. They're very open. They want to help. They just need some guidance from you. 
So we sat down with them, uh, had a meeting with the entire company uh, in person, and we said, okay, guys, we need your help. The first step of doing so is um, um, just covering some parts of the, uh, so, some, some processes, some, some parts of the responsibilities that, that, that we have internally uh, by you. And uh, an example of this is, is this performance review process. And obviously, if you are to be responsible for that, what, what you need is context. You need to have this financial data. You need to have all sorts of things to be able to, um, to come up with reasonable, um, um, yeah, reasonable solutions. So the motivation to implement transparency of financial data, for example, or generally transparency in the company was that in order to restructurize the the company you needed to give them opportunity to to actually make it work and transparency was basically needed in order for the restructuring to, to work e exactly uh, and um, it's not like it arrived overnight this is actually something at least the financial data were open to 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 the team even uh, two years before, this is more or less when 2014, more or less, this is when, when we open up the, the budget. So it, it was already in place, but simply they were not using those kind of information because they were not responsible for performance review, for like setting salaries for our, and not sell salaries, but setting rates for our, um, uh, clients. So it was kind of a bit of, of, of like a dead pool of, dead mm -hmm. pool of data. Uh, but obviously, always interesting to know how much your colleague is making. So, <laughs> <laughs> Of course, if you can know it, then why not? Uh, what were the problems on the way to implement? Obviously, it was a process and it took uh, quite a long, long time. Uh, what were the biggest challenges that you faced uh, besides, you know, convincing team to be on board? It's a tough question. So uh, maybe there weren't any challenges. It was that simple. I think that the challenge was a mental one, uh, definitely for for myself, for my business, uh, for my co-founders. So it was definitely a, like a bit of a leap of faith um, move. Well, we do it, and all of a sudden the problems are going to solve itself. It sounds uh, nice, but there must be some. Um, uh, obviously there must be some trade-offs. Uh, so it took us a while to just simply to, to make this decision. Okay, what if we do A? What if, if B happens? What if C happens? Like, how do we react? So um, this was one of the problems. The other one was more mostly just getting used to it. So as you can imagine, the first workshops that we run and we said, okay, now you set your own salaries and people are like, <laughs> what do you mean? Who's gonna be the first? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take a race. What? I mean, you you, you told us what what we are supposed to be doing, but I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like it wasn't structured. So we had a structure, you know, there's exchanging and feedback and so on. But still, people kind of didn't know what to do. It you know they've never experienced something like this. Like typically at a, at, a, at a traditional organization. You would be going to your manager saying, okay, I want 30% more. No, sorry, you can only get 15%. Oh, this is what I secretly <laughs> wanted. And and that's it, right? And here it's, oh, so I need to be smart about it, not to disappoint my teammates. And this is actually tough to say. If I'm, should I be making 10% more, 15? How do I measure it? It's a reflection of my skills, which are, 
difficult to be measured, right? It's qualitative yeah, metric. It requires a lot of maturity and humbleness yeah. from, from, from the team. Uh, and it's something that needs to be taught in some way. And you have to grow, yep. uh, grow in time to, to really be into that. Yep. And uh, it would be interesting to know, like, uh, from your perspective, uh, did you also have the same problem when you joined? Like, and then you were asked to, to <laughs> set your salary and like, what was your reaction? Yeah, so for me, it was also uh, kind of surprising because even though I worked uh, in Germany for a couple of years and I worked across various organizations uh, from startups to agency, etc., etc., I never also came across like full transparency and setting up my own salary was also kind of an abstract to me. Of, of course, I've heard about such cases, but it's like, what? Uh, and then the time came for the first workshops and I realized what I liked the most about whole, all this process was not even the, the fact that I can set up my own salary, but actually all the feedback process was the most valuable part of the process to me because mm -hmm. uh, generally we have a feedback culture. So I get a feedback all the time constantly from all, everyone that I work with. So that's not, nothing unusual to hear it, but like in seeing myself like how people see my work, perceive my work in the past uh, six months and put this feedback next to what I think about myself is extremely valuable for my, for me, like in terms of how I see myself, where, where, in which direction should I uh, grow? Like what should I focus on if I'm doing a good work or bad work is like, I truly think that's the most important for me in all that process. And, uh, then having to, to, to set my own salary, uh, it was a bit tough to exactly, as you said, like to, to, to change the mindset uh, and, and make it the decision myself in the context of my teammates, in the context of how company is doing, if it's a good time, bad time, if we can afford it, etc. etc. Et uh, but generally, it's working somehow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how to, I, else to say it. it. It's just working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like Wikipedia. In yeah. practice, <laughs> in theory, it shouldn't work, but in practice, it works. <laughs> yeah. What would be the other examples of, of how the transparency works uh, in practice in, at Ragnarsson? So, so the salary process is one, uh, being open about the, the financials is another one. I can give another one from my own uh, uh, from my investment uh, part uh, of company. For, so that what surprised me as well when I joined the company was that um, everything that we, we are doing is, is generally open to everyone in the company, which means that, for example, we, we had an investment sprint and then suddenly a couple of developers are joining and it's like, oh, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and it was super cool for me because it opened up a completely new perspective to me because, uh, okay, uh, we look at the pitch deck, we look at the company, we think one thing, um, and then developers with his experience of, for example, building, building a tech is pointing out to different things that I didn't think about. So for me, it, it opened up an access to a completely new perspective, for example, tech perspective that I don't have as big experience as they have. So uh, for me, that's that's super cool pro of having transparency in Ragnarsson that I can reach out to anyone I need from my team and just get him involved in the process. Mm -hmm. That's that's super cool. But mm -hmm. what else would you would you say is it this uh, working it's, in practice? Yeah, it's it's still related a bit to money, but um, I think a good example is our recruitment process. 
So we have this uh, three-stage uh, recruitment process. So the first uh, stage is like, hello, if you're a, kind of like a normal person and <laughs> there is generally a good fit. Uh, the second one is like, I'm referring to the case of recruiting someone, uh, some, some sort of software engineer, uh, because this is what we mostly uh, do, at least. I mean, we hire all sorts of people, but uh, uh, on a typical day, I would say it's going to be on average a software developer. So. Um, the first stage is just getting to know each other. The second one is uh, a technical um, interview. So there is a task to do at home and also uh, per programming session uh, with one of our guys. And then the third one is culture fit. And then you meet with a bunch of people uh, from the team. They just want to make sure that um, our values are aligned. So what we in internally believe in is, is what you also believe in, uh, or at least you don't uh, say something completely opposite. So uh, typically what's, what, what's, what it's uh, a bit different, um, maybe not different, but uh, surprising for the, pe for the team is that we openly talk about, uh, about the rates. Like, okay, so when we interview this person and this person wants salary X, then we say, okay, it's X. Hmm. But if we look at our own team, this X is maybe too much, reflecting, like relating to the skill that this person has. And I've heard many times stories when, especially when I speak with my uh, colleagues uh, from, from different companies um, uh, uh, who are more in the role of a developer, they, they, they recruit people, but they, know, they don't know what the other person is, uh, wants to, what kind of money they, they expect. So for me, that was like, but how can you evaluate them if you don't know what, what, what they want to make? Like, okay, you can say that some sort of objectively they are, I mean, objectively. You can say they're more or less on this level, but you don't know how it corresponds with their expectations. So obviously, if, if they wanted more, then your expectations would be higher to reach kind of like a certain level. And in our case, it's, it's the opposite. So everyone knows, and uh, we always make those decisions um, um, in, in connection with, uh, with the expectations of the, of the candidate. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, since you've already mentioned the hiring process, uh, that leads me to my next uh, question, because, okay, being a, a part of a company, I, I see how things are working. I see where, where potential challenges might be. And exactly hiring new people might be a big challenge. So how do you make sure that people that you're onboarding, the new ones th that are joining the team, are simply aligned with the core values of the company and transparency because it's quite an unusual thing and not everyone is is capable of, of working in this type of, of organization yeah uh, it is uh, to some extent problematic so um, we we uh, we historically we put a lot of effort into developing as good recruitment process as possible to filter out people who wouldn't be a good fit and those, those stages help us to, to do so. But in general, I must say, I mean, it's, it's difficult to generalize, obviously. <laughs> and I'm mostly talking through, looking through the lenses of, of the Polish market and uh, especially uh, developers that are uh, the kind of developers that we would like to work with. So I would say there are two types of people. Um, the first type is they would rather focus on Mm, on their expertise and not be involved in other matters like speaking with clients and understanding the business of the client. They, they are, let's say, much more, obviously software engineers, they should be technically focused, 
but we expect from the people that they also would you know have a conversation with the client maybe visit berlin every now and then um that they would uh, try to um engage internally as well for instance uh, maybe training uh, junior people maybe participating in the recruitment process so this transparency we we do it also to have people uh, that that are going to be engaging in those in those matters and um without it it's not necessarily a good fit so this this when you have those two types so the first one is someone who just wants to focus on the technical side and the other people that are more open and more willing to do this stuff this is like the first, at least for me this is like the very the first filter it doesn't mean that everyone needs to do everything but if there is no willingness then then it might not be like in the long term um yeah a good a good situation for both sides mm-hmm. yeah there are different levels of how yeah. much you could be involved in other stuff besides being just technical expert but yeah. it's nice to to be involved even in the low hanging fruit yeah. uh, levels yeah and no not everyone needs to do it but you need to have a good mix in your team so i don't know 50% of the people are engaged 30% are less engaged and maybe 20 it's fine if they just focus on on technicalities uh, but if if you know if seventy percent of the people are not willing to engage, then this is obviously a problem. So this is like my first filter, and um, the second problem that it's it's I mean it's not so obvious what's the what the solution. But um, since this is a pretty unusual structure, you try to convey to to the candidates that we have self management, transparency, you are responsible for different things. And they nod, okay, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I set my own salary. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> Obvious. Yeah, obviously I would be responsible for different things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it, I get it. But in practice, they don't get it. Not because someone is stupid, but it's just, it takes time and some experience to see how it works in practice. And obviously, uh, usually after six months, they say, yeah, this is this is not exactly what I imagined <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, the reality is different than the yeah. theory. Yeah. yeah, and it's not their fault, obviously. Uh, it's more of um, the rest of the industry does things differently. So when they join us, it's the first time when they are exposed to those kind of culture and behaviors. And it takes time to learn what it actually means and how to navigate the waters. Mm-hmm. So it's also completely okay if someone does not uh, see himself in this transparent organization, then... It's absolutely okay, just you as a leader, you need to keep in mind what, what mix of the individuals in your team should should be, what's what's the right one, what's the right balance. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's also difficult to do it by the book. Okay, 85% goes to this and, you know, yeah. 10 to do something. Okay, Matthew, so uh, tough question now. Uh, you've implemented transparency six years ago, yeah? Six years ago, almost. Uh, eight. 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 2014, uh, six, uh, six, opening eight, the book, like, 16, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the new system. So long time ago, yep. ancient history. Uh, what would you do differently today? Uh. Hmm. Nothing. That's a, that could be also you, an answer. You have a lot of tough questions today. <laughs> um, I, there is nothing I would uh, I would change in particular, but there's all sorts of all sorts of long term problems that we haven't really solved yet. 
and a good example and I, I need to I think I need to explain a bit of uh, theory behind it uh, there is a concept coming from um, economics which is called the strategy of the commons it was firstly identified by uh, Garrett Hardin. I recommend his book Living Within Limits, uh, also important in the context of, of climate change. And uh, the problem that he described was that if you have some sort of a common good, let's say a grazing, and around this grazing there lives uh, 10 different farmers and they have cattle. And if they're allowed to use this grazing, um, it's beneficial to them because, well, they don't need to use their own land and... Um, yeah, they can. It's it's kind of a free resource that they can uh, they can take. If you don't have any supervision around it, no one manages it. Just farmers use it as it, as they please. Then everyone is incentivized to use as much as possible. But that leads very quickly to overusing this specific resource. And if you overuse it with your cattle then probably there at some point the land is not going to replenish itself and no one would be able to, to use it because there's no grass and it's, it's not any, any, any more useful to, to cattle and, and, and farmers. We are a bit far away from, uh, from running yeah, a business. I'm trying to follow on, but uh, you know, yeah, to the point. Going back to the business. Um, I think it it's especially connects with our self-set salary process, maybe not like a lot with transparency in general, but... This special resource, in our case, is our profit. If people are allowed to take whatever salary they think is best, then the profit can disappear very quickly. Now, profits are pretty useful, usually. Uh, from As I've heard, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, obviously, it's nice to have them from my own self-interest of a shareholder, but at the same time, maybe it's 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 better to distribute it in in a specific way. Like this amount goes to R and D, this amount goes to the people, and this amount goes to shareholders. But if you not you're not able to control salaries, then, well, maybe there won't be any profit. Now, at the size of the company of, of like twenty people, when we when we introduced it, we knew this about this problem, but we didn't know how to address it. So we did nothing and nothing exploded. But right now we are uh, almost 50 people and this dynamic shifts a bit. So I'm not saying like all of a sudden people make uh, double the amount that they used to, but forces that were at play back then are not so strong as, uh, as of now. And by forces, I mean peer pressure, shame. If you're in a group of 20 people, you're gonna behave. You don't want to disappoint your teammates. It's very visible what you do. But with 50 people, it's a bit less visible. You can go under the radar a bit and uh, maybe explain to yourself and justify something that it would be, that it's res less reasonable, let's say. But again, difficult to measure. And I'm not saying like all of a sudden it happens. But there is this special number, yeah, probably everyone has heard of uh, Dunbar's number, 150. And then if you go um, above it, then things uh, things are going crazy, and this is probably why people ha hate corporations. Uh, mm -hmm. They're huge, and it's difficult to organize it. So my point is, what would I do differently? I'm okay with the imperfect model that we have as of now. Obviously, we could introduce some limitations, saying you're not able to raise by more than thirty percent or so. We are still in the process of figuring it out. But I think what's really important is that um, 
not many companies are experimenting with those models. So there is not like a lot of best practices on the market that you can simply copy. And even if you copy them, you might have a slightly different uh, mix of forces that you need to deal with, stemming from your market, uh, the attitude of the people, the, the culture that you have. So I would say it's a constant struggle and you, you need to put effort into reinventing how those things uh, should be working. Uh, and I think it's the time for us as well. Yeah, so I would say, uh, hearing your story, I would say it's about uh, looking at it as a process that is constantly evolving and needs improvement and having in mind that at some point you will have to look back and see if that's the right time to, to change something. Exactly. I mean, it's it's not like a huge discovery, but if you look like a typical perform performance review process, I, I could imagine it, it would work like indefinitely mm -hmm. almost, uh, obviously with its own mm -hmm. downsides and so on. But if, if you have like a company of 50 people and 10,000 people, it would probably mm -hmm. still work. And in our case, it, we need to we need mm -hmm. to change it a bit. Since you have a couple of years of experience with transparency and you've been asked about it multiple times by, by a lot of uh, various people, like, would you say is, is it a good thing for everyone or there is someone specific that it fits the best or someone who do, should not like even touch it with a stick or yep yeah um there are many lenses you could use to look at this problem i think the most um obvious one is that certain types of organization are probably not a good fit i could imagine like some sort of military uh, structure is probably they shouldn't be like super transparent because they have like confidential information uh, that is very <laughs> valuable. Uh, but if I look for the at, at at the kind of companies that we usually um, uh, speak with, so all sorts of startups, um, software, hardware businesses in in Europe, I would say for the majority, it's probably not so not of a high concern. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's 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 easier to make this um, mistake of being too opaque as opposed to being too transparent and then all of a sudden someone steals your business. Uh, but probably founders uh, <laughs> who had this problem of someone stalling their idea and <laughs> their business would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is like one one uh, one way of looking at it and the other one I think it's, it's, uh, it's even more important probably is I don't think it's a good for people who don't believe that this is a a right way a right way of doing things, and this is like an interesting concept to explore. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone who is just oh transparency. This is this new buzzword. What if we implemented it to some extent and maybe got something out of it? Um, to me, at least, it was more of a yeah. If if there was a way to build a utopia <laughs> and follow certain ideology. Uh, I would probably yeah join this wagon and then see what happens. Uh, and obviously, you need to come up with the structures on the fly. But uh, I strongly believe it's in our case like just a better way of doing things. But obviously, we need to learn how to. Okay, so uh, you've mentioned founders as a great uh, founders of of uh, typically understood startups uh, are a great potential fit for for implementing transparency. Good advice. Where to start? Where to start? 
uh, with the reflection if um, <laughs> if I believe in it. Uh, but it's not so black and white, obviously. So I could imagine parts of your company could be more transparent and other parts maybe not because you don't feel like this is safe for you or whatever. Um, but as long as you don't say we are super transparent and open on all fronts, then it's then it's fine. If you say something like this, then you probably be really fully engaged and, and open up everything. I think the the simplest way to start is uh, for organizations that are um, like those two cases I mentioned at the beginning are in a crisis or at the very beginning. At the beginning, at the very beginning, you, there is no legacy. There is like a. Uh, empty piece of paper, you can do whatever. I think it's then e easier. Uh, in our specific case, um, it was something in between. So already in a, a running organization with some legacy, uh, but not like super problematic. Mm, and the first step was very simple. We shared specific sp spreadsheets with, with, with the whole team. And we started using those spreadsheets uh, during all sorts of meetings and processes. So not only just having some 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 sort of that that um, data lying somewhere, but actively showing the team how to leverage those tools, because uh, you can also think think about it as as tools. Um, yeah. Yeah. So first thing to do: look yourself deep in the eye and ask yourself question: If I'm ready to do that, if I see the benefits uh, for my team for that, yep. and then just go with it right and just go with it and um I w maybe i wouldn't recommend like uh, from the very <laughs> beginning uh, to to have to introduce like a self-set salary process maybe you can have some sort of a formula uh saying you know x amount of experience uh, skill a b and c and uh, the location of this person and then it calculates to whatever the amount is um that could be that could lower the um the, the barrier of entry um, and um, there was one thing I wanted to mention and then I forgot so I, I, let's I, I will <laughs> <laughs> okay I will talk for a little bit maybe you remind yeah exactly uh, this is what I wanted to suggest so guys as you can see transparency is a hot topic right now it's not as simple as it sounds or even it does not sound so simple but it is a little bit complicated but you should not be really afraid of the concept uh, itself it's quite easy to start with a simple stuff. It has a lot of layers, a lot of levels of, of how transparent you, your organization can be. And uh, it's worth giving a try. It's working for us. It's working for plenty of other organizations. Uh, it can benefit you a lot, create other problems as well. M but Maybe you know. I, can, I can comment on this benefiting a lot. It's an ideology that it's very difficult to very very uh, clearly com confirm if if this is better i even though we were in a situation when our organization was more traditional and now it's it's more transparent so i i, I can kind of compare but i don't have like a specific number saying oh now we are 10 percent more productive or our results and the most important kpis are 10 percent better i have absolutely no clue it's the organization is something else than it was some time ago th th there's more people uh, we, we are engaged in all sorts of new things. So I, I'm not able to put a number on it. So it, it's just, 
it's just you either believe in it and you follow and you, and you see if it's, it's if it's better but there's gonna be go, there's definitely gonna be downsides it's it's a it's a set of trade-offs you get something but you lose something and a good idea a good example would be for instance with um now i know what i wanted to say a good example would be with um uh, if you want to introduce it but you already have some legacy so imagine the situation when you have two guys or girls sitting next to each other doing almost the same thing, but one person is, is making X and the other person is making 30% more. Because they were a better negotiator or maybe they joined the company a bit later when the uh, salaries were, were higher because of the market or whatever the reason is. If you have those kind of cases, well, opening up the budget, it's gonna be problematic because it's to some extent it's unfair and I assume those people are have comparable skills obviously so um, this this kind of finding the right balance of fairness it's I mean it's something that our political and economical uh, economic uh, structures still uh, struggle with delivering so it's not like you can all of a sudden solve it f even at smaller scale only for your own organization so it, it still requires a lot of experimentation and um, just faith that it's going to lead to a to a better place than we are today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Maciej, uh, a lot for sharing all the insights. It was great having you as a guest uh, in <laughs> our podcast. Thank you so much podcast. for having me. I'm really <laughs> glad. <laughs> and to everyone that is listening to us, uh, as you've heard, transparency is a quite complicated topic. There aren't that many benchmarks on the market or open data about it. So if you have any more specific questions about how it works, how did uh, we solve uh, some issues. Please feel free to put the questions in the comments. Maciej will spend happily his time answering all of those. Uh, and we're really happy to share more of our story about how we did it and how what's working for us. So thank you very much for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you.